someone steals a field, like we said, which we said, so in yesterday's mission, we talked about a case where it got taken away by the Goyim, but you caused it to be taken away. We discussed whether it's Din and the Garmi. Over here, you didn't do anything wrong. The field just got ruined by by weather uh, or, or whatever it was. And therefore, you can say, here's the field. It might not be in the same quality or anything, but Kark is not stolen. Kark is not stolen. I have no Chiv HaShava whatsoever. I can take walk away. That's so simple. Hagoizel sodim echem eveshot fanar. So Tanakhama says chayv lahabed loisod achet different from Lazar. Lazar says no. Lazar argues on our Mishnah. Lazar says that you actually Rabbi Lazar, Rabbi Lazar says that you actually have to do reimburse. There is a din of gzela on the karka. So what's the machlekes? And in general, that which we say all over shas karka ain't in gzelas, which is like shittas rabbanon. Where does it come from? So Rabbi Lazar, Rabbi Elazar Darshi, Rabbi Umiuti, he dashes. We know we have two ways to dash him We have a way we have called Klal Prat Klal, and we have a way called Ribui Miut Ribui. Klal Prat Klal, we say that it's being marbet only things which are very similar to the Prat, to the middle case, the Prat, whereas Ribui Miut Ribui, that approach says the opposite. It has to be similar to the middle case, but it only has to be moderately similar. It doesn't have to be very similar. So the it says in the Pasuk by what we've been discussing for the last week or so, by by a shvua, it says the kichesh So you deny someone claims you took something from them, and you deny it. Doesn't say what you deny; it just says anything. The kichesh That's a reboot. Then it talks about it holds a whole list of things actually in the pasuk. Pipikadon sumashad gezel eshek esamisai. So all those things are a miyut. Those are examples of things which are denying. And then the next pasuk says that the next pasuk, if you pasuk come later, pasuk of dalid, it says kol asher yishavel of the sheker. And then we said you have to pay karen vechaymish etc. But you're making a shvua. So what are you making the shvua on? So he dashes chaz of a riba, riba umiyut riba, riba hakol. So anything that you take, anything that you dispossess from somebody else would be included in this pasuk. My rabbi, rabbi called me. So you start from the Hanukkah, that it's including everything. My miut, miut shtaris. The only thing it's mamayit is a star. A star, as we always say, is ain gufay moment. Right? A star is not worth actually what it represents. If you have a check for a thousand thousand dollars, it's not actually worth a thousand dollars. Check is worth a couple of pennies, the piece of paper. It represents something else which is worth more money. So therefore, he's mamayit that if you steal a check from someone, then you're not going to have to. Pay for the value of the check, the grumma aspect of the check, because it's what we call ain gufe moment. But if you steal karka, or if you steal an eved, or anything like that, you're still going to be responsible to pay back like everything else. That's Rabbi Yehazar Darshan. For Rabbanan Darshan, klali uprati. They Darshan as a klal prat. The kichesh is klal, pikadon is prat. Oi, when it says the next pasuk, oi kol asher yishavel of sheker, that's chazav klal. Klal prat kal yatadon elakeina prat. You can only be mechayev on a shvua and for stealing things which are very similar to the prat. Ma prat davar metaltu gufay mama and everything discussed in the pasuk over there is something that normally can move, something movable and something that has value. Afkavar davar metaltu gufay mama and also thing. The only thing you're chayev for on a shvua and all these cases is if it's movable and it has value. Yotzu karkar shenim metaltu and a karkar is not movable. 
In general, we always say Evid is hukash shakakos, even though Evid is movable, but has the same din as karka. And Yatsu Shtaris, Shafabisha Metalkut, even though they're movable, and Gufir Mamad, they do not have direct value. And therefore, according to Rabbanan, that's where we get the sheet and all of Shas of Ain Karka and Exelis. Karka is Ain and Exelis. Whereas the Yazutaka argues and says you would have to pay for Karka and Exelis. The only thing you don't pay for is by a shtar. Says Marb, it's an interesting price. If you steal a cow, cow is a movable object, and cow is goof for a moment. And then it gets washed away by a river. says, of course, the, the cow gets ruined. You have to, you have to give him back the value of the cow or a new cow. I'm saying in that case also, you could say, sorry, I'm walking away, it's not my problem. That doesn't make any sense. According to everything we just said, the whole is here in our Mishnah is related to Karka. What does it have to do with the para? What's going on? What is the over there? That's an expression you don't see very often in Shas. Right? Normally it's Here we have Hasam Wow. This is an amazing answer. There's such a thing we know, we learned many times in Shaz, of Kenyan Agav. When you want to make a Kenyan on something that's metaltalin normally, you make a Masira, you make a Mashicha, you make a Hagba. When you make a Kenyan on Karka, you could do a Kenyan Chazako, you Kenyan Shtar, Kenyan Kesa. We said there's a Kenyan called Kenyan Agav. If you want to buy from somebody a piece of land and there's things on it, cows on it, once you make a Kenyan on the land, you Agav the Karka, you also are kind of the para. That's fine, that we understand. Here the Gemara's Machadish, you can steal things that way as well. So you're doing a Kenyan Agav without the Das necessarily of the Machna. He doesn't necessarily want you to steal his object. But on the other hand, he does want you to be responsible for it if you don't let him have it. So when you steal Karka, you can actually steal the Para as well. And therefore, Vishat Fanar, to be Lezla Tamei, Vrabanan Letamayu. They're both Lashitase. According to Rabbanan, you did not steal the land. And if you did not steal the land, you did not steal the Para. Whereas according to Eliezer, you did steal the land, and if you did steal the land, then you did steal the para. So that's why it says over here that the Rabbanan say, because you actually never stole anything. Whereas according to Eliezer, once you steal the land, you did steal the para. On the land itself, you'd have to pay back if it got ruined, and the para itself also you'd have to get back to get ruined. So everybody's a shitasai, but making a gazela through a kinyan agav is a tremendous kiddush, and that's the word says, that's pshat in the price. Says the Mishnah. Someone steals something from someone, or he borrows money, or he gives him a pakaram to watch, he gives it to him in the city, in the, while they're at home in the city. You can't be, catch the guy while he's traveling through the midbar and give it back to him. Rashi calls this, that is lav makam shimorhu. It's not a normal place where it's easy to watch things, and I can't pay you back your loan, or give you back your chayfets that you gave me to watch to me in the midbar. I have to give it to you, I have to give it to you in a makam if I say, Pashup Shad sounds like, if I say I'm going to return it to you in the midbar because I'm going on a trip and you're going on a trip and whenever I get the money, I'll give it to you wherever we are. So the mission says, Yaks Leba Midbar. What's the Kiddush of the Seif? Hold on, we'll see. So the Brahminu, we have a Bryce that says, not like that. Bryce says, says, Malve Mishtalemes Bechomokam, cash. You can return anywhere. On Aveda Chefetz, that I find your lost object, or you give me a Pekadon to watch, that I have to return to you by Yishuv. But cash, if I borrowed money from you, I can return that to you anywhere, which seems to me not like the Mishnah. 
No, no, no. This price is talking about the other side of the coin. If I lent you money and the time is up and you're supposed to give it to me back, I can ask you for it back anywhere. You can't necessarily force me to take it, but if I ask you for it when we're in the Midbar, you have to give it to me. Whereas, or that, I can say, no, I don't have it here. I left it at home. I don't want to bring with me the Midbar. I don't want to give it to you here. It's dangerous. And therefore, Aveda, that this price is talking about the Tzad of the Teveya. Our Mishnah is talking about Mitzad, the Nitba. Can he force him to take it? And that the Mishnah says, only be Yish. What's the Kiddush of the Seif? If you made a deal, if that's what they agreed to, that's what they agreed to. They didn't really verbally agree. Reuven says to Shimon, please take my Chayfetz, I'm going on a trip through the Midbar. And Shimon responds, I'm also going to the Midbar. Okay. So it's not clear, is that the last little few words, is this what Shimon responded, or is this just the understanding? Even if it's what he responded, we don't see that over here, Reuben agreed. Reuben just said, please watch my chifetz for 30 days, I'm going for a trip in the Midbar. And Shimon said, oh, okay, no problem, I can watch it for 30 days, and by the way, I'm also going to the Midbar. And Shimon, Reuben did not say, too bad, I want you to give it to me in the issue. Since Shimon expressed verbally that he's also going to Midbar, we assume, Stam, that that means I'm going to return it to you in the Midbar when the time is up, and therefore I'm not responsible, and if I do, I'm not responsible for anything that happens after that, and therefore that is an exception, and that is the Kiddush of the Seif of the mission. Next Mishnah. Another Someone says, the Nitan comes to the Tohen, right? So Shimon comes to Reuben and says, by the way, I borrowed money from you. Remember, I borrowed money from you. Remember, I stole from you. Remember, you gave me something to watch. He admits that. But I don't remember if I returned it to you or not. So this is what we call a Shema. Okay? It's not clear from the Mishnah. We'll see. I'll talk about it in the Gemara. What Reuven is saying, responding to this, is Reuven saying, yes, you owe me the money? Or is Reuven saying, I don't know if you owe me the money? Or is Reuven saying, you don't owe me the money? It's not clear at, that state, at this stage yet. But Shimon, the Nitan, says, I definitely owed you the money. I just don't know if I paid you back or not. So the Mishnah says, In this case, since he admits he owes the money, he just doesn't know if he paid back or not, he would be responsible to pay. If he said, I never knew, I'm not sure if I was ever chayv in the first place, so then then you don't have to pay. Again, in the safe also, it's not clear what was the towing's response. And the Gemara gets right into it. Itmar, famous Gemara in Shas. Reuven says, you owe me money. And if Reuven says, you owe me money, Shimon has one of three things to respond. Shimon could say yes, which of course he's have to pay. Shimon could say no, in which case Reuven has to prove it. He has to bring Adim, he has to bring Ashtar, he has to bring something. Or in this case, Shimon responds, I don't know. What we call Bari versus Shema. So Reuben as a ten is Bari, Shimon as a Shema, I don't know. So it's Machloik. If one of you Yudamar Chayev, he has to pay. If Nachman of Yechlam are Pot. If one of you Yudamar Chayev, Bari Vashema, Bari Adiv. The fact that I am a Bari, Reuben is a Bari, and Shimon says, I don't know, is enough to be Maitzi Maman. Whereas of Nachman of Yechlam are Pot, Uki Maman, Bechaz Kasmar, we have a din of Maitzi Mechaver of Araya. Just because you say yes and I say I don't know is not enough to be Maitzi Mechaver of Araya. You yeah, still have to bring Adam. A tainus bari is not enough. So you have a classic, like you're in all of Shas, bari v'shema, bari adif, and you can be mitzimam with a taina without Adam or anything, or not. Now, how does that fit into our Mishnah? Tanan, avalamamale, any adayam of Yisini. The safe of the Mishnah said, if I'm not sure if I ever borrowed money in the first place, potter. 
which is clearly a Shema. This is clearly a classic Shema. But it doesn't say in the Rish and the Sefer what the Taina of the Toyin is. <laughs> if we're talking about what Ruvain says, I don't know nothing. Ruvain, the Toyin, has no response whatsoever. Basically, he's a Shema. So, Rasha, Nami Dalekatavale. So, how do you read the Rasha? If Ruvain in the Rasha says, You don't owe me the money. So, Amai Chayavle. Why would he be Chayav? I say, I owe you money. I say, I borrowed money from you, but I'm not sure if I paid you back. You say, no, you don't owe me anything. Obviously, I'm not going to have to pay you anything. Right? If you're Moida, that I don't owe you the money, so I don't owe you the money. So clearly, that can't be the case of the Reisha. Must be the Reisha is that Ruvain said, you owe me the money. Shimon says, I, yes, I owe you the money, but I'm not sure if I paid you back. So then we say, you have to pay, you have Whereas in the Seifa, when also would be, Ruben says, you owe me the money. Shimon says, I'm not sure if I owe you the money. Bar Vashema, the Mishnah clearly says, you're going to be chayef to pay. Vikotani, I'm sorry, patam lashan. The Seifa says, you're patr. So you see, Bar Vashema, lav bar I'm only chayef to pay if I admit I owed it, but not sure if I paid it back. But I've never admit that I owed it in the first place. I was Shema, unowing it, bechlal. The Mishnah says, you're patr. So you see, Bar Vashema, lav bar like, we're talking about a case where Ruvain did not say a Tainus Bari. Okay? If Ruvain had a Tainus Bari, then in Hanami Bar Vashem and maybe Bari Yadif. So what's shot in the Reisha? If in the Reisha, where I admit I owed you the money, I'm not sure if I paid you back, but you say no. So why am I responsible to pay? Reisha, we have an interesting question, which is when Ruvain says, you don't owe me the money, and Shimon says, maybe I do owe you the money, so now we have conflicting like I does. If Ruben says, I owe, you owe me the money, you do not owe me the money. Ruben says, 100% you don't owe it to me. And Shimon says, 100% I do owe it to you. Then Shimon would be mechayif to pay, right? He's made. Here he says, I'm not sure. So says the Gemara, in that case, when it says in the Mishnah that he's going to be chayiv, it means chayiv above lotzus yidei shamayim. We cannot force him to pay because Ruben's saying you don't owe him the money. But since you think you owe him the money and you're not even sure if you're paying him back, to be lots of they shamayim, you should actually go ahead and pay. If everybody had a tiny bari, then maybe not. Then maybe you'd be chayev absolutely. Here, where there's no tiny bari, you're at least going to be chayev bidei shamayim. Itmar nami. We see also the similar case, not exactly the same case, that's an idea of being bala lots of yidei shamayim. Amar v'chib rabbar v'echron, Amar v'chavar manali biyadcha. A regular case of Bari Vashem, not a case of, I don't know if I paid you back, but I don't know if I owe you in the first place. So you do see that there is an idea, even if you hold Bari Vashem as Lav Bari Adif, but there is an idea of being Bari Vashem. So maybe that's how they'll learn our Mishnah as well. That when a Mishnah says Chayiv, it doesn't mean Chayiv absolutely, it means Chayiv if he wants to be Lifna Mishra Sadeh. Next Mishnah. If I steal a sheep from someone, from, from, the, from the corral, from all the sheep that are there. And I just put it back. So the Ganif comes in the middle of the night. He steals a sheep. By the time he gets it home, he has charot, he wants to do tshuva. So he comes in the middle of the night still, and he puts the sheep right back. Okay. So the Baal knows, doesn't know, is aware it was stolen, was he aware it was returned. The maze. And now the animal dies when it's already returned. Or nignav, or we're stolen again. So it says the Tanah Mishnah, Chayev He's going to be Chayev in the Achrayis because I did not do a proper Hashava. You can only do a proper Hashava, it sounds like, when you are make the Balabayas aware that he got the Chayvitz back. If he wasn't aware he got the Chayvitz back, even though you put it back exactly where you got it from, that's not a Hashava. If it's not a Hashava, you're still responsible. If the Balam never knew it was stolen in the first place, 
So you never took, he never knew. It was just told never, he was the middle of the night, he never knew. Then, Vimanuas at Sayyim Vishlemahi, and in the morning, the Balbayas is unaware still, but every morning he counts all of his sheep. And when he counts all his sheep, he sees they're all there. The counting itself, says the Mishnah, makes it as if the Balbayas is now aware of what happened, and now you're going to be putter, it's considered a proper chazar. Okay? But in the first case, it doesn't say that. Let's see what's going on here. So, I'm a Rav. So, Rav says, this is the way you read the Mishnah. We're going to have four different ways to read the Mishnah. Amarav, Lodas Das. The question is, does the Balabayas aware when it was stolen? If the Balabayas was aware that it was stolen, then him counting the sheep and them all being there is not enough, says Rav. He actually has to be aware that you returned it. Otherwise, you did not do a proper Ashava. Shaloyla Das, if he was unaware it was stolen at all, then Minion Putter. Then, as long as he counts them, that's good enough. Okay, he doesn't have to be aware that you returned it, but he has to just count and see that he has enough sheep and that's, you know, everything's good. That would be the Pasha Pesha we read the Mishnah. When it says he counted them sheep and they were all there in your putter, that's going on the second case of the Mishnah where he was unaware it was stolen. But if he was aware it was stolen, then minion does not count. So the minion halacha only works when you are unaware it was stolen in the first place. That's how Rav reads the Mishnah. Shmuel Leimer, Ben Ladas, Ben Shladadas, Ben Yipatu. Shmuel says no. It makes no difference whether he was aware it was stolen or not aware it was stolen. You have to make him aware that you returned it, but you don't have to actually tell him that you stole it or returned it. Counting is good enough in both cases. As long as in the morning he does a roll call of all the sheep and they're all there, that is enough of a chazara. When the Mishnah says that counting is good enough, it's actually going back on the Reisha and the Seifa. Whether he's aware that you stole it or unaware that you stole it, as long as he counts them in the morning, that's good enough. Rabbi Yechonin says, Ladas minyan poiter. If you know that you, if he knows you stole it, then he has to be aware that you returned it. But counting is good enough to be aware. If he never knew you stole it in the first place, you don't even have to, he doesn't even have to count. If you took the sheep in the middle of the night, and two hours later you put it back, and the guy never knew that you took it, never knew that you put it back, and didn't even count the sheep, you're still going to be potter. How does Rebbe read the Mishnah? The is only going on the ratio. So it's actually, the, the Reisha says, if you stole it and he was aware, he has to be aware. The Sefer says, if he was unaware, then you're okay. And if he counted going back on the Reisha, and the Reisha, when you stole it and he was aware, returning it doesn't mean that he saw you return it or that you told him. Him counting it also counts as returning it. But if he was never aware that you stole it in the first place, then putting it back without him even counting it is enough to make you putter. The opposite of what Rav said. Rev Chista, Rev Chista says, Ladas, he says an interesting svarah, Ladas Minyan Paiter. If he knows you stole, if the Nigzal knows that it was stolen, so then, as long as you count it, that's good enough. Shaloy Ladas Tzarech Das, but if you stole it, and he never knew that you stole it, then you have to tell him. The opposite, it's worse when he does not know. What kind of svarah is that? It's going only on the Reisha. It says, what kind of svar is that? Why is being unaware worse? Says the Gemara. Once the sheep learns that he can run around outside the corral, the owner has to watch it better. 
So if he knows it was stolen, so then he knows it was stolen. When he gets it back, he knows, okay, this sheep I got to keep my eye on because now he saw where the door is and he saw how to get out. Whereas if I never, if he never knew it was stolen, he's not going to know to protect the sheep better. And therefore, if he never knew it was stolen, I have to tell him it was stolen so he knows to watch the sheep better. Counting it or just being back is not good enough. Interesting sort of backwards throw than we would have thought. Says the Gemara, If you saw someone picking up a sheep from the from the from the from the uh, the aider of the sheep, the day and you scream at him, vishadi, and he throws it down. You couldn't tell from where you were in the house if he actually put the sheep back or he didn't put the sheep back. You saw him picking it up. You scream, thief, thief, thief. And you saw him run away. But you couldn't tell did the sheep get back or not. The mesa nignav, and then the animal dies or gets stolen afterwards. So the hashava that the ganav did is not considered a proper hashava. Now what's the case? My love, afa gav Even though you went afterwards and counted all the sheep, it still is not considered a proper hashava, says the Gemara. And therefore you see that when you, when, you, when, you, when you know it was stolen, then you have to do, counting doesn't help. You have to do a proper hashava. Maybe it says over there, it's talking about we did not do a proper counting. But if you did a proper counting, maybe that would be good enough. Like Rav Chista had said, that as long as I see it was stolen, counting is good enough. Did Rav say that you need das tzarich das and shloim das tzarich minyan? Vama Rav hechzira leedish v'midbar yatsa. If you put it just into the rest of the sheep, that's good enough without anybody knowing anything, without anybody counting anything, and that's how Rav said. Rav said you at least need accounting, and if it's das tzarich das, I'm Rav Chana Bar Abba. Moide Rav berukuusa. If you have a specific sheep that looks a specific way, has spots, or, you know, one of the one of the loving sheep over there, right? Has spots or akudim tluyim, whatever it is. So it's a very clear that the owner knows the sheep is back. So all the sheep are brown. He has one sheep which is spotted. So if he has one that's spotted, as soon as he sees it back in the other, he knows it's there. That's automatically considered das or at least minion according to Rav, and that would be good enough. So Rav would be mighty in that case. This whole thing is We have an interesting bryce. The bryce says a goyd of tlemenayder v'selam and a kiss. And there's two cases over here. As case of you steal a sheep from the aider of the sheep, or you steal a coin from his pocket. The same basic idea. You could take a coin out, and the person will never really know that it was missing or not. So if you steal from the kiss, lemakam shaganav yachsir. So wherever you took it from, you just put it back. Dear Rabbi Shmuel, Rabbi Shmuel says, Tana, you just put it back to where you got it from. Rabbi Kiva, I'm das by them. No, you have to tell him that you took it, and you have to tell him that you put it back. Now, what's the case over here? Is this a case of das, or is this a case of shalayla das? So we clearly have a machlekes. There's no question we have a machlekes. But is this the machlekes Rav and Shmuel, or is this machlekes of Yechon of Chista? So Savrua, we assume the Kuli Alma is of Yitzchak. Everybody holds of a halacha of Yitzchak. Said Dama of Yitzchak, Adam Asur the Mashvish Bekisi Bekol Shah. People know what's in their pocket. Okay, people know how much money they have in their pocket. They're always checking what's going on in their pocket, and therefore they know. And therefore they know it was stolen. But with Tzachini, they also know it was returned. So we have two cases here in the Brisa. We have a case of a tfleh, of a sheep, and a case of money. Let's assume that they're the same cases. Well, by money we know, like Rav Yitzhak, you always know when the money's stolen. So then let's assume the case of the tfleh here is also when you know it was stolen. So my love, Basella and the sheep would be of das, Tysus explains, and therefore if it's ladas, 
So what are we saying over here? When it's a das, Rav said you need das, and Shmuel said you need minim. But plukta the Rav is Shmuel, and then the machleik is over here between Rabbi Shmuel and Rabbi Kiva would be on this exact point. Okay, the the and therefore Rabbi Kiva said you have to tell him because Rabbi Kiva says like Rav das tzarich das, and Rabbi Shmuel says you don't have to tell him as long as he counts it because he's always counting his money in his pocket, and we assume he's going to count the, the sheep and the eder as well. Minim would help, so that would be mamish that machleikus. Says the Manal. Maybe the opposite. Maybe we're Dafka talking about what you don't know, and you're talking about what you don't know about the money either. You're not like a Yitzchak, etc. And therefore, we're talking about Shaloy Ledas. Now, by Shaloy Ledas, Rav and Shmuel agree. But by Shaloy Ledas, Rabbi Yechon and Chista argue. Over there, if Chista said you need Das, and Rabbi Yechon said you need nothing. So clearly, Rabbi Shmuel and Rabbi Akiva are either arguing by Shaloy Ledas, like of Chista and Rabbi Yechon, or they're arguing by Das, like Rav and Shmuel. But clearly, one of these is a Machlech Yistanoi. Amr Abzim Mishnah Rava. What about the following case? Shimer, or the changes the gears to Begoinav Rishus Bailu. Leave that out. Beshimer Shagonav Rishus Bailu. So, what if you have a Shimer? I give you a chafetz to watch. Okay? And then you decide, you know what? I'm going to steal it from you. Okay? So, you're going to steal the chafetz that you're supposed to be watching. You're going to hide it in the back, and you're going to claim it was stolen, whatever you're going to claim. And then you want to do tshuva. How do you do tshuva now? Do you just announce your back being a Shimer, or do you actually have to give it back to me? Interesting place. If I stole it from Vishus Bailam, obviously from you, Mamish, then I have to, like if Chista said, I have to tell you. Maybe the question over here is, like I said, a Shaymer who already has it in his Vishus, he decides to steal it, and now he wants to give it back. That's the Machlekes, maybe between Rebekiva and Rishmael, nothing to do with any of our cases of money. Rebekiva, Savar, Kosloi, Shriosei. Once you decide you're a Ganef on the Schefetz, you're not a shamer anymore. The guy doesn't want you to be a shamer. And you can't just put it back into your own corral and say, I'm back being a shamer and that's a chazara. No, it's not a chazara. You want to be a machzirat? You have to give it back to the bailiff. Rabbi Shmuel, sir, like also Shmuel, say, no, you're still a shamer. Maybe he knows, maybe he doesn't know, but I'm still a shamer. If I'm still a shamer, as long as I take it from my stolen animals and I put it back into my watching animals, that would be good enough and that would be considered a chazar. So it could be the Machlegs of Bikiri Mishra has nothing to do with our discussion. It's a separate question, individual question, about what is the din of a shamer who steals something. Can he just put it back in his own watching resource or does he actually have to give it back to the Bible? This whole idea of counting, whether that's good enough, is machlekes tanaim. This anyum. I steal money from you. I'm embarrassed to tell you. So the next time I go to the store, I just leave you extra money. Okay, you're, you're on a store, and I come in. It happens sometimes. You're embarrassed, and you, you forgot to pay for something. So you just leave extra money on the kupa. Right? I go to buy a thing of milk, and I pay double, and I just walk out. Is that considered a chazar? Have I returned to you the money or not? That is a proper chazar. So now, the svavrua we assume the kuliyam is the yitzchak. Everybody holds that point. of yitzchak said that amar adamas to the mashu pekis we call shah. And therefore, if you put the money into his pocket, he's going to be aware that the money's there because he's always going to be counting. Hey, I have fifty extra shekel. Where'd that come from? Fine, I have fifty shekel. Great. So now he knows that he has this extra money. There is a minion over there. So my love, what's the machlekes about kimifri? The man the amar yatzah sav a minion pointer. Just being a minion is good enough. The fact that he has a minion on it is not good enough. He has to be aware that you actually return the money. So that's the machlaikas. 
If you assume he actually counted the money, then it could be minion is good enough. They're arguing whether Yitzhak's statement is actually correct or not. The question is, do we agree with Yitzhak that you always are counting the money in your pocket, yes or no? If you hold yes, then minion is good, that's good enough. Shava. Maybe Yitzhak's wrong. And therefore, Lavdaf because everybody always counting the money they have in their pocket and your wallet. And therefore, maybe you're unaware. If you're unaware totally, then of course, that would not be a proper Ashava. Another interesting way to approach this is if the money is in your wallet or if the money is in your pocket, we agree with the Yitzhak statement that people are aware they're constantly checking it. Well, like Kosh, had the money If you put the money into his wallet, into his pocket, then your Yitzhak statement kicks in. The guy's aware of it. But if you give it to his hand and then he just throws it into his pocket, then he's not aware at that stage person is always putting his hand in his pocket to, or in his wallet to count how much money he has. But when you put it in his hand, Lafdak is that going to be considered counting it or not? And therefore, in that case, he wouldn't have counted it. And therefore, that, it's not a machloikis, it's two different cases. Or he buys him, it could be, we hold like a Yitzchak, and you put it in his pocket. So why would he be unaware? Question is, if he has other money in his pocket, he doesn't know how much he started with even. He has a bunch of coins, a bunch of shekel in his pocket. And he's unaware how much he actually has. And now you throw a few more shekel in. So if Yitzhak's halacha cannot apply in that case, because he doesn't even know how much he started with. If he has an empty pocket and suddenly he finds 10 shekel in his pocket, then if Yitzhak's right, he'll be aware. And that minion would count. But if he's unaware in the first place, then not. And then he's not going to be able to know how much money he has. So we definitely have machlaikis over here. When is it considered a minion? Is minion good enough in these cases? And then which cases is actually considered that the person is aware that you've now given him some money without having, having to tell him that you stole from him? Says the Mishnah. We have halacha now that we've said earlier. We said you're not supposed to buy from people who have stolen goods. Stolen goods you're not supposed to buy. Okay, that was clear. Sometimes we said if you buy it, you can keep it. Depends on the case. If there's a shini, etc. In this case, we're talking about buying from someone who you don't know for sure is a goslin, but it's definitely very suspicious. Okay, for instance, you go to a shepherd. Now, the shepherd is not shepherding his own cattle and his own sheep. He's shepherding, he gets paid by other people. Suddenly, he opens up a little store and he's selling wool or chalav or gedim. He's selling the actual goats themselves. You can't buy from him. It's very suspicious. It definitely looks like it's not his. And if, if it looks like it's not his, you either being Avera, or it's Lifnei Iver, or you're actually considered some sort of mazik. Remember, if you buy it in the Shini Rishos and Yish, you might be able to keep it. But you shouldn't be doing this If someone's protect watching a field, you're not allowed to buy from him. Wood, Eitzim, Paris, Because again... It's very, very possible that he's selling you stolen property. Of a him in Anoshim. Now, what about women? So, generally speaking, we, we assume that everything the woman has belongs to the husband. When she sells stuff, do we assume she's doing it with her husband's permission? Or is she trying to make some cash on the side by, with the husband being unaware and she's selling his stuff? So, the Mishnah says, Of a him in Anoshim, Kleitzemer be Yehuda. And Yehuda, the minute was that the husbands would allow the women to sell this kind of wool garments. The Kleipishtam be Galil. In Galil, they used to sell Pishtam. Vagolim be Sharon. And if they were Sharon, they would sell also these kind of cattle that would also be things that the women would sell, and therefore all these things are fine. The Kulan Shamur Lahatmin, anytime you do a deal with someone, the guy says, do me a favor, hide the chafetz before you walk out of the house, don't tell my husband. All right, then already you know something's going on over here, then it's also. The Leichen Beitzim Tanakadim Bekamakam, eggs or chickens themselves, that you can buy from any case, we'll see in the Gemara. 
Tanarbal. Ain't like him in Arayim, like Izim, for like Gideon, Yala by goats, and sheep, for like Gizin, pieces of wool, for like pollution, ripped pieces of wool, Shalt Semer. Of a like him, Tfurin. If they already took the wool and made it into yarn or something like that, or into a beggar, they shouldn't shell hen. Because then already, they already made a shinui maisa, and we're talking about after years, assumingly. If they already did a shinui maisa, now, again, if you know for sure it was stolen, then maybe you shouldn't buy it anyways. But here, when you're not for sure know it was stolen, just a suffix, maybe, and there's a shinui maisa already done, then Chazal said you can be make. If you have chal, if you want to buy from them cheese or milk in the midbar, now the owner doesn't assume he's going to get that chal of back because by the time it gets back to the ishuv, it's going to be spoiled and rotten anyways. Then we assume he's allowed to sell it either because he made a deal with the bailim or whatever, and therefore you can buy it from the royal. But in the ishuv, the assumption is that the milk and the cheese or whatever it is is supposed to go back to the bailim, and he's selling you stolen goods. You could buy a lot of sheep. As we'll see, it's something that we assume the owner would have been aware of. And therefore, he's never going to be able to get away with it. And if he's selling you that many sheep, clearly that's what the owner wants. Dalv Hegizin, or a big bundle of wool. Of Veloishtate, Sai Veloishtate Gizin. This is to be a steam in Aobe. Said you're allowed to buy four or five. First of all, what does it mean four or five? And what does it mean four or five? What about three is Mashmat's Usser? Here it says two is Usser, Mashmat three is Mutter. Hold on, I'll explain. If they're basias, if they're domesticated ones, you could buy. Midbarius and like man, because the midbar is unaware. But the ones in the house, they will be aware from. All these things are just technical details. The rule is, if we can assume the Balbais would be aware that it's not there anymore, then like man, because then clearly the Raya would have to answer the Balbais. If he's selling it, must be his permission. In Margishima, if we're afraid that the Balbais is not going to be aware of it, then in Lechemahan, because then it could be its stolen goods. So what does it mean? Why does it mean four or five? If you could buy four, because that's a lot, so just say four. What does it mean five? So I'm going It means if there was only five and he sold you four of the five, then it's obvious. Then the Balbais is going to be aware of it. It must be he gave him permission. It doesn't say how big or small it is, but it means four from a small aid, which would be more obvious, or five from a large aid. So says, wait a second, how good for in of a shalish lay. And I'll buy three, that's too little. So are you allowed to buy three or not? Two is usher, three is mutter. Like Kasha, depends how big they are. If they're very fat ones, then three is going to be noticeable. If they're very skinny ones, then three will not be noticeable. Then only more of that would be noticeable. You don't remember by Sasha's like a man, Barza and Lechman. Same be by them. Yehuda said that it makes a difference whether they're domesticated ones in the house or in the midbar. Was he being mekel or machmer? Meaning, he's going on the reisha or the The Amar we said in the reisha like him have You could buy four or five tzayin, and on that Yehuda said not necessarily. Hani mili beisaisis if the ones in the house of a midbari ice if you have chamisha like because the owner is not going to be aware, so he's being machmer. You're going on the sefer with lekula. We said of a loishtei tzayin of a loishtei gizin. You can't buy two because that's too little and the owner won't be aware. Hani mil midbaris, that's only the midbar. Of a baisaisis, if they're at home, then shtayim nami loikin. You could be makel. So if you're being machmir, or is it being makel? Tashma. The sanya. If you do, I'm a loikin baisaisis mehen, vein loikin me midbaris, ubekom makim, no matter what, loikin me marav vechemisha tzayin. So what he says, the Rambi, the Amr become Malkam Shvamina Seifakai Ula Kula Shvamina. So you hear this difference between whether they're home ones or midbar ones. It's only 
when they're two or three. But if they're four or five, then no matter what, you're going to be mutters to be who this clearly being mekel. Adkan.